This is the Oklahoma Talking Company. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for coming round again. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. What's shaking, cats and kittens? Welcome to the OKC Show. I'm your host, Jason Baffrey, and we are so happy that you have joined us for another edition of our great program focusing on Oklahoma City and the cool people and cool happenings that are taking place in this great town. Don't forget to listen to us at oklahomatalking.co. You can also find us on the iTunes podcast app. You can find us on Spreaker on your iOS or Android device. And we are also on SoundCloud. So if you have any of those apps, you can find us there as well. And do us a favor, check out the other cool programs that are on Oklahoma Talking Co., uh, including Titus Tunes. If you like strange and funny animation, uh, there are some great videos from Titus Tunes, who is a local animator, and uh, his brain works a little bit differently than everybody else's, I think. So it's worth checking out. We are uh, very excited about our guest today. Uh, One of the great things that happened in Oklahoma City in the past several years was that the couple of John and Carrie Sowers moved to town. If you are not familiar with their names, hopefully you've heard of their organization, which is called The Mentoring Project, and it was started by Donald Miller, who wrote the uh, number one bestseller and hit movie Blue Like Jazz and uh, John Sowers, Dr. John Sowers. And they started the mentoring project together in the Portland, Oregon area. And uh, recently within the, the, what has it been, about five years, four years uh, or so that John and Carrie relocated from Portland to Oklahoma City and set up their base of operations here. And we are pleased to have Carrie Sowers with us in studio today. She is in in-house counsel and lead trainer for the Mentoring Project. And I would like to say that John Sowers, uh, if you haven't read his book, Heroic Path, you definitely need to pick that up. It is a great read if you are a man. And uh, if you're a woman, you can probably glean a lot of great information about men from that book. And he is a brilliant guy and uh, really fun to talk to. But his brilliance is demonstrated in the fact that he married way up by marrying Carrie, who is uh, has a legal background and is just a fantastic person and, you know, lead trainer. But, I mean, she is involved in so many things in helping uh, the youth in our country and our state. And uh, the Mentoring Project is a great organization. I think that's enough of an intro for you, Carrie. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. You guys have done so much um, in the United States, but let's let people know if they're not familiar with the Mentoring Project, give us a brief history and what you guys do. Sure. Like you said, John um, and Don work combined forces in Portland, Oregon to expand what was previously the Belmont Foundation. It became the Mentoring Project, but the focus was to recruit and train mentors for fatherless and at-risk kids. And what John did his doctoral work in fatherlessness. Don had a passion for kids who grew up without a dad. And so the nexus of where the organization started was finding mentors for kids that don't have a dad at home, either because dad lives someplace else or dad 
is a workaholic and isn't paying attention or just an absent father. And so they really started focusing on recruiting male mentors. And we're excited now that we've been able to expand our program quite a bit. And we also are recruiting female mentors. Some folks say, well, why did you start focusing on guys? And it's because they found women do such a good job volunteering to mentor already that it's the young men and the boys who sit on these waiting lists sometimes for three and four years. Their mom or their grandma has signed them up and they're trying to find someone from the community to help them raise this young man to be uh, a, a functioning adult who knows what it looks like to have positive masculinity. And then they put together tools, relationship principles that work in any kind of mentoring situation. And now we've been able to make that available to churches, community organizations, individuals, anyone who has a heart for the young people in their community. We have tools that help them launch or expand a mentoring effort. What was it that led John to get involved in this particular area of of expertise and uh, servantship? It's his life story as well. Uh, Sadly, he didn't grow up with a dad in the home. His dad left when he was about two and a half. He grew up in Arkansas. His dad took a job in Texas and... um, he didn't he didn't see him very much. Sadly, his grandfather had already passed away. There weren't uncles or anyone else in the picture that could be a part of his life. So his mom, when he was six years old, signed him up for Big Brothers Big Sisters in Little Rock, Arkansas, and he got a mentor. And over the course of his time in elementary, junior high, and high school, he had three different mentors through Big Brothers Big Sisters. But then he also was very involved in athletics and found that his coaches functioned as mentors. He also was in, it's either Kung Fu or Karate, but one of those. Yeah, (laughs) a martial art of some (laughs) sort. And he was really good at it, but I don't know. I don't remember which one it is. But anyway, he got really close with the men who were investing in his life and helping him find his way. And he just looked in the rearview mirror and thought, I would have been a statistic. You know, growing up in a single mom home mom was working three jobs to try to make ends meet to make sure john and his brother could play sports and um without those other people helping his mom he's just not sure where where he would have been and so later he did his doctoral work on the issues of fatherlessness and your views of god and uh he was looking at the idea people talk a lot about god as a father figure But if your dad's a jerk, it's not really great pre-R. You know, like you really don't want to get to know more about this. Right. Um, So he did a, and he started investigating the issue and found most of his research was not of a religious nature. It was from U.S. State Department, DOJ, different places that just show when young people don't have a father in the home, they really don't have as many options as those who do. Yeah. So that birthed his passion for mentoring, and he spends all of his time advocating for people who are building community programs, and they're looking at a lot of good options to really focus on mentoring because the front-end investment in mentoring saves the community heartache and money on the back end. 
You have fewer kids experimenting with drugs. You have fewer kids skipping schools. You have fewer kids making risky choices. And it's way more fun to put mentors on the front end than try to deal with the fallout on the back end. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as far as you're concerned, I mean, you you are very involved with this, but I mean, you could have your own career doing any anything you wanted. You were a career woman I prior did, to yes. being involved with yeah. the mentoring project. But I've seen you at events and functions, and I've talked to you enough times. I mean, you are passionate about this. This is not just, hey, I want to hang out with my husband and help him right, with what right. he's doing. How did how did this come to your heart? Well, I actually was really involved in mentoring even before John and I became a couple. And so I think that was one of the things that united us, that we both love to invest in the potential of young people and help show them a bigger possible future. So when we were first married, we mentored together in Little Rock, Arkansas before we moved to Los Angeles. But like you said, I was an attorney with a very big international law firm based out of Los Angeles and was involved in mentoring even before John was working for Reverend Billy Graham at the time. And on Thursdays, I spent my lunch hour at a junior high that you had to like get, show your ID to the guard and pull in past your 12-foot razor wire and um, hung out with junior high girls because it was just really important for me to know they had someone else on their team when some of their family members were overtaxed and weren't able to really be present on their team. I just wanted to be involved in telling them how many options they do have if they kind of look around. So um, before John worked for the Mentoring Project, we lived in Los Angeles. I practiced law there. When he took over the Mentoring Project, we moved to Portland, and I continued my law career. Uh, When we moved to Oklahoma, I am not licensed to practice law in Oklahoma. Uh So um, I did some consulting with other attorneys, and um, I do consulting for nonprofits, and I really like that little side gig. But I found that you know we spend all our time talking about mentoring and – the leadership potential of investing in a young person's life was just so exciting. I couldn't stay away. So, um, so I do some of the legal work for the mentoring project, but also develop a lot of the curriculum and help with the trainings and um, just get to translate the stories that we hear from all the communities that we work with. It's such a fun encouragement to hear someone's story about the problem they're trying to solve in their community and being able to refer them to someone in another state and say, you guys should be friends. Here's, they dealt with the same issue. Try their solution. If not, talk and encourage each other. And so I really uh, love to connect people who are trying to serve their community. Yeah. Speaking of you moving from Portland to Oklahoma City, that was not on a whim. That was a very specific reason (laughs) that you guys relocated here. Right, for Uh, the mentoring project. Yeah, Um, We still have our office in Portland. In fact, I was there last week. I just got back in town on Sunday night and have amazing mentors that we are still working with in Portland and the churches there. But we saw there was a lot of travel in what we were doing and consulting and helping communities start their mentoring organization. It seemed like a second office made a lot of sense Mm -hmm. and one in the Midwest somewhere. So we looked at some different cities, but Oklahoma city was really the most impressive as far as the community that wants to serve its young people and a community that wants to make sure everyone has as many chances as, as they can. And, um, 
from government to the political sectors, to business, to churches, to community nonprofits, everyone was really excited about mentoring. And we just wanted to join that energy and bring uh, the little bit that we do know about mentoring, add it to the conversation. And we, I just had lunch just before we met with the director of WizKids, and that's an organization we work very closely with. But we have been so welcomed into this community, and we are just, we love to serve mentoring organizations that are doing a great job and help do pieces of the puzzle that they may not have time or staff to do. So we offer that recruiting and that training, mm-hmm. and we help support the program that they already have in place. So it's a real, it's been a fun teamwork situation that we've been so welcomed and we have so many new friends here and we love the passion for young people that exists in Oklahoma City. Yeah. I don't want to put you on the spot to, to throw out numbers or anything, but I mean, since you do travel the country and, and you work with a lot of different organizations around the mm-hmm. United States, I mean, what is the the problem in Oklahoma City? Is it better? Is it worse? Are we making progress? Have you seen that the mentoring project is making change happen here? Um, It seems so, yes. You know, you some kids make great decisions and they move towards these great, great choices. And then sometimes there's a hiccup in that trajectory. But one of my favorite things that it shows what's happening, we also work with the FACT Gang Prevention Unit very closely with the police officers, and they are incredible. As a side note, this doesn't really answer your question, but what is going on between the community and the police uh, connections and partnerships in Oklahoma City we have never seen yeah, and in any other city. Oklahoma City Police Department. Correct? Yes, yes. The uh, FACT Gang Prevention Unit is incredible. And we love serving their program by providing mentors. So the example, to answer your question, comes out of our partnership with FACT. But at the beginning of, it was last school year, we kind of went around and asked all the high schoolers, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And some of them wanted to be ballers. Some of them wanted to just be generally famous. They weren't sure what that meant. Um, Some of them wanted to be rich. Some of them wanted to have great shoes. So they they were they hadn't really thought out a particular career. They just knew they wanted to be important. And it was that longing for connection and and affirmation that was reflected in what they wanted to be. And by Christmas, not even a full school year, mentors were in there, community volunteers were in there, police officers were in there, affirming and guiding these young kids. By the Christmas party, we asked them the same question. What do you want to be when you grow up? Every kid either wanted to be a police officer or a mentor oh, by wow. Christmas. That's great. Yeah, it, it changes their life. The investment of knowing someone's in your team, someone's on your team, and hearing an adult speak words of possibility and affirmation over you, it changes lives. And so it's been so exciting to see some of the kids get way more invested in school quickly, and some of them it takes a little while to come around. Um, also with WizKids, so we've been working closely with them just to see uh, young kids really get turned on to reading yeah. and really love to read and to learn and to know that as their literacy grows, job opportunities grow and it reduces their risk factors of uh, unfortunate choices they might make 
they are make better choices, the better they read. Yeah, and I've had the pleasure to be in uh, some WizKids sessions for, mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. Well, uh, Destiny Christian Center, who yeah. we are uh, on the location of, they do a WizKids program here. And so to be able to go in and see those kids light up when they yeah. when they get to work with those mentors and learn how to read and everything is great. Um, yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm really glad that that organization exists. Yeah. Um, and and just the story that we talked about right before we we started recording, uh, you and I were both uh, involved with a a fact um, event mm-hmm. earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do a basically a twenty four hour overnight uh, lock in type mm-hmm. of thing, and they do one for girls and one for boys. The girls is called was called We Rise, and the boys was called Man Up, and. Um, I got to be at both of those mm-hmm. and see the response from the the kids that were there. And these are all teenagers. Uh, and I, if I'm not mistaken, from um, not necessarily troubled backgrounds, but troubled areas, mm-hmm. or you know, they're mm-hmm. they're there for a specific reason. Mm-hmm. They're high risk um, mm-hmm. kids, but, uh, teens. But the way they responded to the mentors that were there at that event and the the way that they responded when the event was over and I had a chance to hear specifically the boys uh, voice what they had learned and what changes had been made in Mm -hmm. them. And it was an incredible experience just to hear these guys, you know, 16, 17 year old guys who, like you said, I mean, I think they probably came in wanting to be, you know, a famous rapper Mm -hmm. or get the next newest pair Mm -hmm. of KDs and that was it. But I mean, they were impacted in a tremendous way uh, through through that effort. And I know you were at the We, we Rise event right. with the girls, and uh, it was just, it was really cool all the way around. It was, and it really shows, one of the things we like to do at the Mentoring Project is help mentors stay in their match longer. That's one of the issues with sometimes mentors come in and, and when they don't see that change very quickly, mm-hmm. they lose motivation. Sure. And so one of the things we offer in our training, and that weekend was such an example, is one of the measure, measurables for mentoring is, are you showing up? Every single week, if you show up, when you say you're going to show up and you're fully present, you know, you're not texting on your iPhone or checking your email or talking about what happened at work, but you're fully present in the moment with that kid and you do it again and again and again, it lets them let down their guard and trust opens up. And we really encourage mentors, you got to at least wait nine months before you can expect those trust walls to come down. But because of the placement of that retreat, we were about nine months in to those relationships. And it's amazing to see when the kids decide that the mentor is trustworthy, they ask advice and they tell you what's really going on and they really... It's this partnership that's really beautiful. It's not just like a one way the mentor is teaching the young person something, but it goes both ways and it becomes a beautiful partnership as they start to approach life together. Yeah. One of the things that I thought was really cool about that, and I don't want to get too far down the wormhole of talking about, you know, the the fact event, but just yeah. because we were both there right. and because great. We, we were able to experience it. But the coolest thing to me was that. I mean, the mentors didn't hold anything back. It wasn't, they weren't blowing smoke. It wasn't all platitudes. Hey, we're going to make you feel good. I mean, they were talking about honest, real life things and and what could happen to them if they stay on a specific path and what could happen to them if they didn't. And I mean, some of the speakers that were there, I mean, it was no holds barred. 
But I think that's what kids need to hear today to be able to wake up. And that's what they want. Everyone wants the truth. And um, they will seek until they feel like they have found it. And if the mentors can be open enough to really let them in to the real world and to the mentor's real world, that's when it's really powerful. And we tell mentors, after we talk about mentors win by showing up, the second biggest thing we say is you have to live out this relationship with your mentee. And that means you open the door too. You don't just pontificate onto what a mentor should do in a situation, but you let them into what's going on in your life as well. And we train mentors well uh, to think about, you know, boundaries. There are certain things you don't share with kids, but if you're having a hard time at work adjusting in a team environment with a new coworker, tell your mentee about it. Say, this is the situation I'm in. And this week was really hard because, uh, you know, she was really advocating for this point and I was really advocating for mine and we were all uncomfortable and I'm making up a hypothetical situation, but a true situation and let the mentee speak into that as well. So that when you speak into their life, it's reciprocal. Yeah. And so the realness of not the bubblegum pop version of life, but the real version of life, that's the life they have to live. And they want to see how you are living your real life and what tools you're bringing to the table and what hiccups you experience. And that is another trust building that there's some vulnerability on both sides. Yeah. And, and I it, think, I think we may not give, kids enough credit um but they want authenticity absolutely i mean that's what they really really seek and really crave and they're getting so many inputs from tv and the web and the radio and whatever you know media is getting into Mm -hmm. their head and they see all these reality shows and that becomes their reality so we have to be authentic yeah uh, and and tell them the, the real story absolutely and i can't even imagine the pressure of being a high school student right now, literally everything in their life is a popularity contest. You know, what they have to manage this huge online persona and people can take pot shots at anything they say or they can be secretly photographed. And so that authentic offline affirmation from a caring adult that says, I don't care if you have the coolest shoes, I don't care if you had the best comeback in class, I just value you as a person and I'm going to put all this aside just to spend time with you for this hour or two hours that we get together once a week. But it's such a relief. It's like an island of safety to finally be in a zone of acceptance Mm -hmm. that you know your mentor is on your team and you can let down the guard and you can ask what may be seen as a silly question or um, a very deep question that when you're in the arena of online in high school, it's not necessarily safe to ask those questions. Right. So there is training involved to mm-hmm. become a mm-hmm. mentor, and it's important to to know what you should say, what you shouldn't say, right. and, and how to deal with kids today. Right. And you guys have a great event coming up uh, in the next few weeks yes. entitled The Place Conference, and you have some incredible speakers coming to town, and it's uh, seven, September 22nd, 23rd, 24th. 23, tw- 24, 25. 23, 24, 25. And then the Action Workshop on the 26th. Okay. So uh, tell us about the Place Conference and what can we expect? The heart behind Place Conference is we want to gather people who care about the young people in their community. And we want to talk about, there's a lot of things to talk about, but the focus this year of our national gathering is healthy relationships, mentoring, 
and reconciliation. We think those are the pieces that really allow young people to flourish. So we don't even pretend to be experts in all those areas, but we found the people who are. (laughs) We're bringing them to Oklahoma City and we're so excited to gather the community around these folks like Dr. John Perkins, who has literally given his life to creating restorative communities. And what can we learn from him? And Bob Goff, who works in, I think, seven different countries, rescuing kids out of really difficult situations, building in dignity and leadership to them. How can we lift their head so that they can rise above their circumstances and see themselves as a leader? Sister Rosemary, working in Uganda, does amazing rescue work with young women, teaching them skills that they can then turn into a job and career, support their own family. Joshua Dubois, he and John are both on uh, My Brother's Keeper National Task Force for Faith. How can we invest in our young men of color in our community so that they know how important they are to all of us. And I don't even know if I have time to go through all of them, but we have people from... Okay, good. (laughs) They're all so great. Um, So Blair Humphreys, an amazing friend and local OKC guy, is going to talk about the aspects of city planning that can bring people together or push them apart. He has a, a master's from MIT in city planning. They do not give those degrees away. That is a very prestigious... Um, study field and how can we create public spaces so people will come together and they will interact and they will become a community that people can go from sharing a zip code to being neighbors. And um, Brandon Heath is going to come in and he's going to do music at our, our dinner on Wednesday night. And Brandon has a unique experience that it was his grandfather who was really the one who invested in him. And so he's going to talk a lot about the importance of Two generations before, the tone that um, leaders and families can set as the grandparents that really blesses the people who are younger than them. Rob Morris, he is the founder of Love 146, which is an internationally active intervention organization that is trying to stop modern day slavery. And Rob and John talk often about the kids who are connected to mentors or to very active families generally are not targets for trafficking. It's the kids that are often left alone and nobody's checking up on them. Those are the ones that become the victims of this horrid trade. And so we see how mentoring on the local level is a prevention technique for the international crisis of child trafficking. Yeah. And that's really important in this day and age. It sadly is. It's, It's devastating what a big issue that is, that we all collectively have to make our community safer for our kids. And we need to make safety nets to make sure they are not manipulated into this horrid underground market. Yeah. We're going to have John Luke Robertson, um, Duck Dynasty, uh, just recently got married. But he's going to come and talk about creating... Um, place, family as a haven. He's gotten to experience a huge family network as we've all seen played out on national television. Um, But what we want him to talk about is he just got married. What what are the things he's going to keep and what are the things he's going to tweak? You know, like how is he going to carve out a place to be his own man and um, make make his own family? So we're really excited to hear about that. Daniel De Jesus is coming up from Dallas. He's a child's pastor at a very big church, talking about how mentoring 
is a positive even for very young kids. And the relationships look different. But if you're building that into a church curriculum, then it lets kids know that there are a lot of people cheering for me and there's a lot of people that uh, want me to make good choices and are going to support me as I'm working through life. Yeah. And then uh, your husband, John yes. Sowers, will be speaking. He's and my also, personal favorite. Yeah. And then Donald Miller will be yes, here as well. Yes. Don will be here. I think Betsy, his wife, is going to get to come as well. Um, I don't know if you've read Scary Close, his I have not. Uh, most recent book. You should. I will. Um, so Don is going to be talking about healthy relationships. So the idea behind Scary Close is that it's not until you're vulnerable that you can enter into true authentic relationships. That if you keep everyone at a distance where you feel safe all the time and you feel like you can control all the rhetoric and all the perceptions of you, you you miss out on relationships. So the idea of scary close is that you're willing to take the step into vulnerability it's a little bit scary yeah. to become that close to someone, but whether it's a mentor or a parent or a husband, wife, a parent, child, without that authenticity and the vulnerability, something's always missing and people feel unsure yeah. about themselves. And I had a chance to hear Donald Miller speak last year, and uh, obviously he's an incredible storyteller, yes. and he focuses a lot on on story. Um, you know, if you've seen the movie Blue Like Jazz or mm-hmm. read the book, you mm-hmm. know it's a, his story is great. But um, he is is passionate. He's funny, and uh, I mean, he really he got emotional during uh, one point of his his talk when I heard him last year. And so he's authentic as well, which yeah. is really cool. Uh, Josh Dubois, I heard speak, and mm-hmm. he's got this really incredible story um, of mentoring and everything. Yeah. So uh, you know, and those are two guys that I've happened right. to hear, uh, and I'm excited about seeing again. But the the rest of the the speakers, I mean, to to have the opportunity to hear Bob Goff speak, I think is going to be incredible. I know. He's so, so hard to get a place on his calendar. So yeah. we were so thrilled. I bet you were. I think Bob is in Uganda this week. He's there with some of our other friends, but he literally is all over the globe and was in uh, Los Angeles the week before. He teaches at Pepperdine Law School. He is continues to be a practicing attorney on top of all these other things that he's doing. But the energy that Bob brings to the room is just incredible. And it, Bob has been a mentor to Don. Bob has been a mentor to John. And it's fun to see those investments playing out in the things that Don and John are doing in their lives. And um, one of the things John is going to get to talk about, his most recent book, Heroic Path, talks about the steps of masculine initiation that are missing in our society. We don't even have a language for that. I think sometimes we're very afraid of masculine energy because it has been misused in some ways. And so John really wrestles with what is not the machismo man, but who is the man that would give his life for his community? And so there's four really specific things he's going to walk through at the conference that I think it's going to be really good to bring back into dialogue. What is healthy masculinity? How can we bring strength and honor to something that is not disrespectful to those who don't have the same amount of of either physical power or um, sometimes in a business sense influence in those areas? But how, what is honorable strength and why are we afraid of it? Yeah. And so that's going to be a really interesting conversation yeah, that he's absolutely. going to bring to the table. Well, the place conference is September 23rd through 25th. Right. Tickets are almost gone. By the time you hear this, they could actually be Maybe. gone. But 
there are still uh, the the workshops. Uh, yes. There's still plenty of seating available. Yes. And we haven't even talked about the folks who will be speaking at the workshops. Uh, Action Workshop is on Saturday, September 26th. It will be hosted at Frontline Church. And we are bringing the people who are serving communities in creative ways day in, day out. These are the folks who are boots on the ground. They're right in the middle of community transformation. Lieutenant Cubitt will be speaking there as well. We didn't even, we talked about him so much on air. Yeah. We Off air, we forgot to talk on air. He is a speaker both on the main sessions and at the action workshops. Julie Servan, who is a local innovator in the Gatewood community, the things she and friends have been doing in and around the Plaza District, Gatewood community. Rachel from Big Brothers Big Sisters Oklahoma mm-hmm. is really going to talk about breaking the generational cycles of poverty. We've got Tyler Williams from Atlanta, Don Carter from California, Kevin from North Carolina. So it truly is a global conversation. Even at the Action Workshops, we have five team members from Ubuntu Youth coming, flying in from South Africa wow. to speak at the Action Workshop. And they're going to talk about how do you use relation, the relational principles that the Mentoring Project has developed and modify them for another culture. And they have just, when they're in town, you should have them on the show. Wow, they're great. just an incredible group that has put together a scholarship mentoring program in South Africa and the results they're seeing by investing slowly and steadily in students it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, that's incredible. If you want to attend the Place Conference, you can visit the Mentoring Project's website at thementoringproject.org. You can get tickets there. And you have a variety of different ticket uh, options right. because of the, the there's a dinner the night before. There's the, the workshops on Saturday. And hopefully there will still be a few tickets left right. for the, for the, the main, main conference. Sessions. Yes, so, on Thursday, Friday. Yeah, thementoringproject.org to get your tickets. And you can also learn more there about becoming a mentor and and if somebody's listening to the show and they've um, not been a mentor before or they've thought about it and they don't know how to get started do they just need to go to the website or what's the the best method there yeah for folks based in oklahoma we do periodic trainings we do them about every other month and we do intake interviews to find out what their availability is and we try to match them with an organization or with us internally to find out, you know, if if they're available on Tuesday nights and that's the best mentoring time they can offer what what program works for them. We try to match them geographically. We try to keep mentors and mentees close together to again add to the sustainability of that match. But yes, we have a three-step program. We actually have a mentor training tonight. Um, we do them about every other month. So they fill out a form on our website. We get in touch with them. We do intake interviews, um, background checks, reference checks. And um, when, when all of that is hunky-dory, then we invite people to a training. We go through a training, then we have a matching interview where they meet with Marcus, who's our matching specialist on staff, and Marcus helps facilitate the best match with the personality of the mentor and the personality of the mentee. And then we also do a once a month programming that anyone who is already a match mentor, whether we match them or if they're matched with another uh, mentoring organization locally that 
we support, we do mentor moments. And once a month, we either go roller skating or rock climbing or um, they just a week and a half ago did a big nature hike where all the kids got cameras and there were professional photographers that taught them how to use the cameras. But again, everything is going towards that sustainable mentoring community to keep that mentor and mentee well-resourced. They feel comfortable in the match and they stay in it for a long term. The longer they're in the match, the bigger the impact. And that's our goal. That's great. Carrie, thank you so much for taking time. I know how busy you are right now getting ready for the place conference and uh, traveling the country and and doing everything that you do. So thank you for taking time to come in. My pleasure. I'm so excited about your show. And um, we're so excited to invite Oklahoma City into this conversation. And let's build into our kids. Let's make an even better future for them. Absolutely. Carrie Sowers, ladies and gentlemen, you can check out the mentoringproject.org to find out more about the Place Conference. It's September 23rd through 25th. Get there if you can. Sign up to be a mentor if you can. Uh, There are great things happening here in Oklahoma City. All right, that's all the time we have for this show. We are out of here. The OKC Show is a production of Destiny Creative.